Thank you for listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast with your host, me, the Kentucky Guy. This podcast is all about pro wrestling, all different promotions and formats, past, present, and future. I myself, the Kentucky Guy, have been watching wrestling for over 25 years, and I still find, even today, that they are the best escape out there. We do drop episodes on this show every Monday and Friday. Okay, enough about me. Let's get to this week's show. Welcome to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing today on this beautiful Monday? Actually, a rainy Monday here, but how is everybody doing? All right, a crazy world in wrestling, pro wrestling. Hey, if you're new here on whatever platform that you're listening from, go ahead and hit that follow button and subscribe button. We do drop two episodes. Uh, on this program every week uh, we have a schedule we try to go by try to go by you go for my listeners uh current listeners they already know that doesn't always work out right guys <laughs> yeah well I didn't think it was that funny but anyways so uh let's get into today's show i do have a we do have a special guest today uh christian p reeve he's the host of the christian p uh reeve podcast uh you can find that on all platforms i'll and he'll talk more about that here in just a moment uh he's an inspiring actor writer musician uh streamer he this guy does it all right and also he's been in the podcasting and communication industry for years so uh christian how are you doing today sir hi there it's a pleasure to be on the show yeah glad to have you glad to have you um so uh Christian, why don't you, uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody about yourself and so on. Oh, I forgot to mention, the best part about Christian is he's a wrestling fan. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, you, you kind of you kind of already uh, nailed it on the head before, so there's not really much to say. But, yeah, actor, voice actor, podcaster, musician, jack of all trades, master of none. And yeah, I've been a wrestling fan since I was seven or eight years old, I think. I'm 29 now, so that's like 20 years. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 years. I mean, I've probably got some years. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, was, I started out as a wrestling fan as well. That's actually why I started this podcast um, is because uh, some of my best memories are probably when I was, set, like you mentioned, seven, eight years old watching wrestling and uh uh i don't know do you in my opinion i think wrestling has changed for the worse over the years but what what's your opinion on that yeah it's interesting um i was thinking about this before you know i actually watched a bunch of stuff just to get in you know so i'd be ready for the show and everything and um i go back and forth uh 
I think about 20 years ago, I think the last kind of good days of, of wrestling as we once knew it was probably like the mid 2000s. I, I do genuinely feel like after that, the overall product went, it got worse considerably. And I think, do you know, I think the bigger reason for that is like a lack of, of the basics. So things like wrestling psychology, like both in the ring and storytelling. That's not to say there isn't good wrestling now and good storylines, because there are. But I mean, okay, for example, you think about like your average, let's say WWE pay-per-view in like 02, 01, like every match on the card had a good tangible story for the most part. You, you cared about most of it. You know, even something like a Royal Rumble show. Like these days, a lot of the time, the only thing that's worth really waiting for is is the Royal Rumble, the, the match. But all the matches preceding that, and maybe one or two might be interesting if there's like an intriguing storyline. But uh, yeah, there does seem to be a bit of a, a decrease in, in, in what's... Like, I don't know... I feel like a lot of the stuff that we're told to be excited about, I I, I just personally don't find exciting. And, and maybe it's just that the industry has changed and preferences have changed. But I do feel like every now and again, even like wrestlers that I'm not so fond of, like let's say, I don't know, Kenny, Kenny Omega or something like that. Like, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not really a big fan of his matches. Um, I feel like there's a lack of of psychology in, in the matches. It, it just feels like it's too much of a performance rather than a wrestling match. You know, it's, it just feels like a yeah. too much focus on how this looks rather than it being con a contest. Cause if you think about it, wrestling is supposed to be simulated combat. Yes. It's a performance. Yes. It's, you know, live theater. It's, it's everything. Right. But at its heart, it's two people beating each other up for apparent reasons. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. Right. And you see examples of that, like when they do it right. I mean, even Kenny Omega, I think the last really, really good match I saw him in was with um, Brian Danielson. But then Brian Danielson is very particular about how he puts matches together and he pushes on the basics. Yeah, like, I, obviously, whenever I see his matches, I'm like, yeah, this is a good wrestling match because there's good psychology moves mean something you know yeah uh daniel bryan is actually uh one of my favorite wrestlers uh and i'm like that too i like the technique i like to know uh you know they're telling a story in there through combat right. like said so um but yeah i was actually getting ready to mention uh brian danielson <laughs> uh <laughs> you did but uh yeah he's uh he's the type of wrestler i miss the old like bret hart's you know the technical right and so forth. Yeah, yeah. I, I basically missed the attitude error. Uh, I think once they did away, mm -hmm. with it, it started going downhill. And like yourself, it, it was about 20 years ago. I actually walked away and didn't watch wrestling at all for, for a very long time. And uh, yeah. when I did get back, uh, I still only maybe catch the big shows like the pay-per-views and so forth. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there is still good wrestling. There are still good matches, but where, as I said before, like where a pay-per-view would be maybe 80% of it was like, yeah, this is brilliant stuff. Um, now it's like only like 20%. Like, okay, take Hell in a Cell, for example. Um, and by the way, I do, I do watch other wrestling shows, not just WWE. But I think WWE is a good example because they... They were back they, in the... 
yeah, plus they still know how to put on a good performance. Like this past WrestleMania, I thought was absolutely fantastic. You know, um, the Royal, I, I feel like the WrestleMania season, or sorry, the road to WrestleMania, everything there is always excellent every year. Even like the Royal Rumble, people said this year, like, oh, it kind of sucked. Okay, fair enough. Maybe it's not the best Royal Rumble ever, but it creates intrigue. And even if what you've been doing before wasn't great or you made mistakes you can kind of fix it with the royal rumble moving forward and going up to wrestlemania right but then it's afterwards i feel like sometimes not always but sometimes wwe gets a bit lazy um right now i feel like it's slowly getting better but you know um to get to the point that hell in a cell pay-per-view you know the cody match with with Seth Rollins, brilliant. Everything else on the card is just kind of like, eh, you know. That there are some intriguing things here and there. I, I was kind of intrigued by the Ezekiel Kevin Owens storyline, but now it's kind of played out. It's lost its intrigue now. Um, I th- I feel like WWE. One of the mistakes they make is they either take too long with a, with something, or they um, kind of pull the trigger too quickly on a storyline, you know? And I feel like this is an area where AEW generally tends to get it a bit better, where they, they'll play a story at line out over a long period, longer period, and it will it might work. Not always. There are some blaring examples where that's not the case, but um, generally speaking. Yeah, I think the, uh, the owner of AEW, I've said it many times, I think he's a genius uh, businessman. On the creative side, he needs a little bit of help. Uh, but uh, overall, I think he's a decent owner. It's funny that you mentioned the uh, Hell in a Cell. Uh, that was a, one other thing I was going to bring up today was, uh, yeah. So, and also, uh, we have another uh, pay-per-view coming up, uh, Money in the Bank. And we haven't seen Roman Reigns on a pay-per-view on, on the last two. And I heard mm-hmm. the match the match was canceled through contacts. I heard that the, his match for... Uh, Money in a bank has been canceled already. He's not going to be there either. Yeah. Well, it was kind of inevitable. Um, you know, he's he's already had a taste of Hollywood. Um, I think I believe he was in a movie with The Rock at one point. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's made to to do bigger things, and it happens. You know, it happened with Cena, happened with Batista, happened with The Rock. It's going to happen with other people. It's just his time. Um, and also, to be honest, I think it's in a way it's good not to be overexposed. I do think there's a problem with not having the champion around. It's kind of the whole Brock Lesnar thing again. It's it's kind of a bad thing. Like you don't have to have the champion on TV every week, but they should at least be at the major pay per views. Um, yeah, I think that's a bit of a disservice to the fans. But then again, I don't know. Maybe they've got something planned. I mean, he'll definitely be at SummerSlam. He'll definitely be at like Survivor Series, all that kind of stuff. Um, and who knows? Maybe they're saving and trying to put focus on other people. And then, you know, after those pay-per-views have come, you'll see more of him. But the problem with that, I feel, is that right now it exposes the problem they have in the main event. Like the people, they don't have a lot of people going forward um, that are main eventers. Yeah, they're trying to build people. They're trying to build like Riddle. Um, oof. I mean, they've they got people that are the future, but they're not ready, like Theory. Um, 
I can't call him Bron Breaker. Um, Steiner, <laughs> Rex Steiner, Bron Steiner, whatever you want to call him. He's a Steiner. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they got people, they got plans, but there's a gaping hole in, in, their, in their main event. Plus, a lot of the TV has become kind of stale because they keep using the same people because they've fired so many people now that you're left with, like, not a lot to work with. And I, I don't want to sit and say it's all terrible because it's not, but, like, for instance, okay, you can't help injuries, but the intriguing stuff with Cody was like, oh, where's this going to go? But now he's injured. And it's like, okay, right. where does that leave us? Well, what they're doing on that note is I think that's why uh, Edge, who just put this uh, faction together on there two months ago, uh, <laughs> one day, I think uh, they're going to try to make him a baby face to take Cody's place until Cody gets back. But I've said on the last episode, the biggest mistake that they can do right now is to not show Cody at least once a month, like coming through rehab. Don't, because he's hot right now. So keep his face out there, you know? Yeah, but the trouble is, if you're injured, you're injured. Like, what can you really do? I mean, I get, yeah, you can do like segments like, oh, this is, yeah, I'm doing well, I'm doing well, I'm going to get back. But like, I can't remember. Pectoral, like when Triple H did it, he was out for a long time. I mean, I know he was you know, he's retired and everything, but it's a long injury, isn't it? Like, it's not like he's going to come back in like a month. Like the quickest recovery has been a uh, John Cena. He got back in four months, but the normal is eight, so there you go. eight to 12 months is normal. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I, I don't think we're going to see him for a long time. I mean, it'd be a bit big pop when he does come back, but yeah, unless a miracle happens, I think that you can write him off. I mean, I don't know. I think, Making Edge a babyface right now, yeah, maybe. I mean, I heard through the dirt sheets and stuff that it's supposed to be like a last-minute plan, and you know that's why they're doing it. But I think if anything, it kind of leaves that group Judgment Day kind of in limbo because they've not really. It's not enough time to build it up and to kind of get uh, give Edge give give the rest of them the rub kind of thing. You know, um, it's still kind of a weak group. You know, they're all they're all like the future. They're all brilliant. Um, but you need like some like a veteran in the group for now. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you could put Styles in there, I guess that could work. Um, but then it's it's not really supposed to be what it was before, which is like this supernatural group or whatever. It's something very different. Yeah, um, I think uh, if it had been me, uh, my decision, I think I would have just had the group disband like like start feuding singly or something uh, or just mm-hmm. maybe a uh, uh, Ripley and uh priest, uh, you know, they get together and they turn on edge and just, dis- yeah. I mean, the whole point of like a faction is that they're made to be disbanded. And whenever you create them, the whole point is you're supposed to get people over. Like if you take evil evolution as an example, that whole point of that was elevating everybody else. It was to elevate uh, Orton and Batista. And it was it was perfect. It did the job. Um, they played it out perfectly because like Triple H was that maniacal, you know, egotistical villain that, you know, was just keeping them down and stuff. And then they slowly turned on him and it, and it worked and it did and it did wonders for them. And um, and having Ric Flair in there added credibility to it, you know, um, and, you know, I think the same could have been said with Judgment Day, but they've just pulled the plug way too early and now as you say like there's there's not really much point with the group like i, th- I think yeah you, you, the only thing they can do is disband it um 
I'd, I'd just, yeah, just end it, have them break up, keep them off TV for a while, let people forget about it and come back to it. Um, because I mean, for instance, like I, I didn't understand why they included Rhea Ripley. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, she was doing just fine on her own. She's, you know, she needs to be in the main event picture for the women's <laughs> division. Um, it should have been Liv. Go on. It should have been Liv Morgan. Is what I've always said. I mean, out of the two of them, she's the one that needs the yeah the the right she to, to learn to learn more. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But now Finn Balor, uh, he is uh, one of my favorite wrestlers. I think I've said since the beginning that uh, the WWE has not used him properly. I don't know why they don't go back and watch old New Japan wrestling uh, when he was on there. Um, they, he this, he can do so much more than what they've given him. And uh, Two I mean, reasons. He's, Two he's, reasons. Yeah, he's the first universal champion. He gets hurt. And then he never holds it again. I mean, I don't know. Do you know, do you know what it is? It's two reasons. Um, and this is just based on like everyone because I, I listen to like a lot of wrestling podcasts from all like the uh, yeah you know, the people that worked in the industry and stuff, and they oh, yeah. all say the same thing about Vince that you need to be a certain height and you can't be too old and all this. And like, whereas like, don't forget, Finn Balor is forty years old. He's in amazing shape. Um, but he, he's quite a short guy, and generally speaking, in WWE, that doesn't matter as much. But have you noticed that, with the exception of like Daniel Bryan, like there's not been many champions at the top that were the like the guy, um, mm. in the main event picture? Like, there, there, there are anomalies, there are a few times here and there where because, like, Daniel Bryan, they had to give into that. Like, you could tell for a while they didn't want to go down that route, but, like, they just... The crowd loved him so much that they had to go with him, and he definitely was the right choice. Right. But, like, Finn Balor, like, has everything you need. Um, the only thing I hear his critics say is that he's not brilliant on the promos, but you can work around that. You can give them a mouthpiece. You can work with the verbiage. You can work, you can, There's ways you can work around that. It's oh. not the, the be or end all. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Could you imagine Paul Heyman managing him? <laughs> that would be great. I I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Paul always works with those big, those big personalities, those like those all those like physically big competitors. I can't really see it being a match with 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 Balor. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I feel like Balor Balor is kind of. I feel like they've given him the Dolph Ziggler spot in many ways because uh, he's such a good worker and he literally can make anyone look like amazing. And it's not easy to do that as a professional wrestler from from everything I've heard and learned over the years through all these different wrestlers telling their stories. Um, not I don't even necessarily know if that's what he wants, but, you know, I mean, I guess it is frustrating as, as a fan, but, you know, I mean... <sighs> I mean, is it the Bill Wendell? If, if like, because like, not everyone can be the champion, and it's you know, right? right. I, I agree. It kind of sucked when we didn't ever see him really get another chance. Um, but then again, I suppose Vince just flip flops on people, doesn't he? You know, I mean, I've heard rumors that he, if he thinks you're injury prone, that's it. Like you're done. He's not gonna give you another shot. Bruce, uh, Bruce Pritchard. Uh... I listened to his podcast for years, something to wrestle with. And uh, 
I don't know if you've ever checked that out yet or not, but oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he has stories. Uh, and Bruce is, uh, has really been uh, Vince McMahon's uh, right-hand man for a long time now. And uh, mm-hmm. so he, some of the stories he's told me, and you're right, absolutely, Vince McMahon has a model in his head of who the champion or who the push should go to. That's why they ran Roman Reigns, who we talked about earlier. Uh, by the way, I'm never been a fan of his, <laughs> um, but they pushed, you know, Vince, Vince loves this guy because of his look, yeah. because of his look. He doesn't have a lot of talent. I don't think, but, uh, Oof, as far as that's t- controversial. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't see him as a very technical wrestler. Um, but he's more of a, do you have to be to, to be a good, I mean, I get it if you, cause I, I tend to prefer technical wrestlers too, but I don't, I don't think it's, you need that to be like a, a good, a good wrestler. You know, I mean, like John Cena's like not like an amazing technical wrestler, but he his matches are always good because he creates intrigue, he creates buzz. You know, he 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 always manages to create stakes where you care about it. Like I remember when him and Cena had a a match back in 2017 at No Mercy. And the build-up to that was fantastic. And you knew that it wasn't going to be a technical masterpiece, but you cared because of the clashes of personalities. They brought, they blurred the lines a little bit with, with the storylines and the verbiage and everything. Like, they created good stakes, and it, it, it was intriguing. And I don't know, I, these days when I see Roman Reigns, I feel that he's, his personality is fantastic. Like, I knew that that was in there. I remember seeing back when we were all dealing with the never-ending Roman Reigns good guy push, I remember seeing um, a clip of him in like NXT or FCW or whatever, and he briefly played a heel, and he was brilliant. And I was like, why why can't they just make this his character? And lo and behold, when they did during the pandemic, I was like, finally, they're just letting him be him, because he's cool. He is a like a cool character. And like as a heel he's really cocky and arrogant and it's it's brilliant because it, it, it's personality i mean that's exactly what happened with the rock when they just let him kind of play up to the bad guy persona but also uh, include some of his natural charisma people then started to love him because they liked the the charismatic nature of him and roman reigns is the same like you see it every once in a while and it's it's really good to see and i don't know like Okay, fair enough. I'm not a big fan of the whole mega push, indestructible Hulk Hogan beats everyone kind of deal. But I suppose to an extent, every once in a while, you have to have it. And it it builds up to something big so that when eventually someone does beat him, it will be a big deal and it will mean something. Right, right. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's been at the top for uh, quite a while now. So, John, Ooh, yeah. I've always thought on John Cena... Uh, I mean, he's he's been the face for what twenty years, easy. Uh, mm. I always thought that he should have pulled a Hulk Hogan NWO type of thing. He should have turned actual heel. Uh, I think that would have changed maybe how some people still don't like him. <laughs> May have changed that. Just, I mean, what's the point, really? Like, I don't. They've kind of done it. They've done it before. Like, the only thing you could do is. Which, ironically, they all did. Like, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan character, like, okay, yeah, it was part of NWO, but it was, I'm Hollywood, I'm better than everybody, 
and then The Rock did it in 03 and it was fantastic. I mean, it's just... Re- I, it, gimmicks get recycled all the time and that's fair enough, but I just don't see the, the point of them doing it with John. Like, he's so firmly cemented as, like, the company guy, like a spokesperson, ambassador. Like, I don't think you could get people to hate him. Like, even if you wanted to. Like, it'd be fun, sure, but what would be the payoff? Um, I guess if he was putting someone over and retiring or something, maybe. But I, I don't really see how you could get people to hate him. Because the problem back in the day was people hated him because he was overexposed, just like how Roman Reigns was. But now you never see John. And it's not like the joke. Like, it's legit. You just don't see him because he's in Hollywood. <laughs> so when he comes back, it's actually cool to see him. It's it's fun, you know. Like, you don't really hear booze anymore. Um so I, I don't know how you could. I mean, I, I know he could do it, but it's just what would the story be? What would what would, you have to think like long term? Like Eric Bischoff always says, you got to think about the the story arc, like not just now, but six months from now. Where, where does this lead us to? What's the ultimate payoff? Like if if John Cena becomes a bad guy, what why? Like what 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 are we trying to achieve with that? Right now, uh, when I said that, I'm talking about like 10 years ago. I'm not talking about. Oh, that. yeah. Wow. I mean, <laughs> well, what, what are we in now? So it's 2022. So 2012. Uh, you could, yeah, you could have done it. You, you, you could have had him heal against Punk. That would have worked. Um, yeah. But again, I don't know that necessarily it would have been the right, the right move. I mean. Right. Well, you know, as a fan, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're just sitting fantasy booking. Yeah, but I always like to try and think about like the the long term with it, you know, um, because it's very easy to just switch someone heel, and you see it all the time. But you can tell whether it's been thought out or whether it like hasn't been. Um, like for instance, I don't think anyone really buys Edge as a heel. Like he's a fantastic heel, but in this specific presentation, it's kind of like eh. I don't know. Yeah, he's like it was so amazing seeing him come back, and he's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. It's, at this point, it's very difficult to dislike him. You know, like if we yeah. just switch for a second, talk about um, AEW. Take CM Punk, CM right? Thinking that, yeah. Yep. Everyone's talking about that. They're like, oh, he should turn heel. He should turn heel. I agree, but you've got to wait until the buzz is off and and like the natural booze happen or or the audience gets fatigued or whatever. Cause like he, he did it like people were loving just seeing him and then they were loving seeing him wrestle just in general. And then they wanted to see him as champion. Now he's champion. Unfortunately he's got injured, but you know, he'll come back and we'll see him as champion for a bit. And then it will get a bit, you know, like pe- people get itchy, itchy feet. They'll, they'll want something new. And then that's when you turn him heel, you know, and he'll know exactly when to do that as well. And it'll be, it'll be brilliant. And it won't be, it won't be ridiculous. It will be like a good heel move. He'll, he'll create and craft a story with, with Tony Khan that will make sense. And would, because it, that's one problem with heel turns is that in the context of like, if you're just treating it as though like the wrestling universe is real for a second, like let's just pretend that it, I know there's so many inconsistencies and illogical things, but let's just try and imagine like things within that sphere a good heel turn is when they switch it, but like the reasons for them being a bad guy makes sense. 
you know, like for instance, remember when Daniel Bryan, I think back in 2018, he became champion and his reasons for like sort of being a heel were, you know, he was just kind of sickened with, uh, it was like an environmental deal, right? It was very over the top, but it fit with his persona and who he is as a human being. So people knew that there was elements of truth within that story. And then they kind of got sick of him spewing it constantly, continuously in a kind of condescending manner. And so he was able to get people to hate him by consistency, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought up AEW. Uh, so AEW has this pay per view coming up, uh, the Forbidden oh, the Forbidden Door with uh, oh, with, yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah, with the uh, New Japan. So here's an interesting thing that's happened in the last day or so. Um, they kept uh, Hangman Page, who was the former champion. Uh, he's called out Okada, who was right. who was uh, New Japan's heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. He got beat yesterday by yep. uh, Witchblade. So now mm-hmm. they hurt their I mean it didn't it, it's not going to hurt the pay-per-view but it definitely's got them running around trying to figure something out, right? <laughs> nah, everything is planned. I don't think they ever had any intention of Hangman Page. Okay, the way the way you got to look at this, right? This Forbidden Door pay-per-view is an AEW pay-per-view. Yes, it's interpromotional, but it's still an AEW pay-per-view. Right. right? Right. So overall, AEW guys are going to win because for business purposes, you want your wrestlers to look as good as possible. Yes. OK, it's not 20, 25 years ago, but it's still, you know, it still means something like in terms of the presentation um, in a match with Okada and Hangman. Logically, you'd have Hangman win, but then he becomes IGB champion and then it's like well can he really i mean he can but it's inevitably it's just going to be a short-term deal a few fights he'll probably lose after a month or so he's because he's still an AEW guy you know what i mean um so i think like the plan was always to, to have him face off against okada but there's no championship involved making jay white jay white's still a um new japan guy so that makes sense and you can have an AEW guy lose to him because he's already been working with AEW um, and they can build up something else. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe maybe they'll do a freeway. There's a lot of different cool scenarios they could go with. Um, I think that would make more sense if you did a three-way. Uh, it's not ideal, but that way you could protect Hangman, give him a shot at the championship, Maybe have a carder win it back from JY or something you- like, or have White pin a carder. I don't know something something cool like that. Um, but that will be why they've done that. They, they, I'm fully believe they don't do these things last minute for no reason. Like there's a plan in place, and I'd be willing to put money on that. Most of the matches you see at Forbidden Door, it'll be AEW people winning. Yeah, um, they uh, they could have a four way too because uh, true. Uh, um, Oh man, the guy that's uh, the leader of Adam, the, Adam Cole. Uh, he, Adam Cole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's won in on that match as well. So a four-way dance would be wow. That'd be something else. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I've never been a big fan of three ways, four-way matches. Like they, it's it's not often they get it done right. You know, like they can't. It has been done right, but 
How many? Okay, the trip. There's been good triple threat matches, but how many four way dances have you seen that have been like really genuinely good that you, uh, they got off the top of your head? Uh, when I think of four way, great four way dance matches, my mind goes back to the '80s. To be honest. Okay. Uh, well, I see. There you go. That's a different era. Like my first thought is, what was it? WrestleMania 2000. Is it 15? 16? Yeah. It was 16. Yeah. And that was just kind of. Eh, that was very just eh, i mean lots of great star power an interesting scenario of mcmahon in every corner but it just didn't really it was just like eh, you know oh, okay triple h wins and mick foley gets his wrestlemania moment and that's it's it really it's like okay so this fine aw champion belt now we know who john moxley is uh competing against uh for it um i wonder uh, yeah go on <laughs> no, right ahead i was just gonna say because you brought up interim belt and uh, i i want to rant about this it really bothers me <laughs> I don't like them either go ahead Feel free. what's the point what is the point like just logically what is the point of an interim belt right exactly i mean i asked the same question because now that when your champion comes back you're going to have them fight what but he has? Or- yeah, yeah, that's we know that that's going to happen, right? So there's yeah. no surprise element to it. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, okay, let's just treat it from the psychology perspective for a minute. I know wrestling is, is not real, it's blah, 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 you know, why care? But let, look, I like to try and lose myself in it. And when I lo- lose myself in it, I think to myself, okay, you're competing for this belt, but it's not the actual belt. And the funny thing about it is that Wardlow, and this is really interesting, he did a, a promo on this last Rampage or, or Dynamite, I think, explaining why he didn't go into the Battle Royal. And he basically buried the um, the interim title. He said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but why would I go for that when I can just wait until Punk comes back and then I can face him for the actual title? <laughs> he said exactly what I was thinking. I was like, yeah. So what's the point of like going into this Battle Royal, fighting for this belt, that's not even the actual belt. Like, what is the point? Like, it was the same with the TNT title. That was even more hilarious. You know, Cody and and and, and Guevara had a match, and yeah, it was okay match and everything. Uh, but like, Cody was out for like two weeks or something. Like, I think he said he had COVID, which is you know you can't um, can't avoid that. Um, but it would have made more sense if he'd relinquished the belt, you know, as opposed to because that see that's. If you're going to do a situation where you have two champions, you've got to do it in a way where in storyline, the champion leaves with the title in like nefarious circumstances. They just go and it leaves you like, oh, okay, well, we have to have a champion and they've decided to be unprofessional. So now, we, you know, we got to do this. And it's right. like they did it with Punk um, in oh. WWE. But yeah. the difference there is that he went away. And it made you think, like, obviously, no, we knew he was going to come back. But, like, in storyline, it's like, oh, he's gone. What, what are we going to do? Oh, we have to have a new champion. So they do a tournament. They crown a new champion, but it's the actual champion. And then he comes back and he's like, well, uh, uh, no, I'm still the champion. And then you have, logically, a uh, um, unification match. That makes sense. That's yep. logical booking. There is no logical reason to have an interim champion. Like, and I would love to hear, maybe I'm missing something, but I would love to hear someone's 
freestyling for what's the point of having an interim champion because I honestly can't see why. And from a competitor standpoint, I can't see why you would care. You know, like why bother waiting to be interim champion? You could just wait until the champion comes back and then just challenge him. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. And uh, I've always said, you know, if you're looking, because the, the excuse I heard for uh, Guevara when you mentioned that on the uh, TNT title, uh, right. I heard was they wanted to see if the people, the fans, would buy into Sammy as that champion, right? Well, just have him release, oh, uh, and then have a tournament. Let Sammy win it. Let him wear it. When if you don't like him as champion, when Cody gets healed in a couple of weeks, start a feud there. You know, I mean, yeah, that, see, that doesn't make any sense. Like you have to take risks on people, and the whole point of that TNT belt is that it's it's the same as any mid card belt. The whole point is to to show you what they look like as champion. And maybe what they might be like as the world champion, right? You right. know, that's. I mean, that's originally the whole point. You know, and I, and I, I mean, you look at like the Intercontinental Championship in WWE. That's and WWF. That's what it was always designed for. And not every champion would become champion. You know, there were iconic Intercontinental champions that never made it. But then, not everyone needs to be champion as well. Like that's the thing. Right. There's this perception that you have to be world champion to be considered like a main event guy or, or the top person. And I totally disagree with that. There's so many examples of people that never needed that, you know, oh, Mr. Yeah. Perfect, Scott Hall, um, Jake Snake Roberts. Like you, you don't need the championship to be iconic. You know, that comes from being a good wrestler, a good storyteller. You know, just look at Eddie Kingston. Brilliant. He can make you care about any match any time like i remember th this is brilliant he i think was it he lost who did he lose to he lost to someone maybe it was jericho or someone else and then you know he came out and he's complaining he says he wants another match and he cuts a promo and within about 10 minutes he makes you care again and you're like oh damn i want to see this match even though he's lost i want to see what happens because he's drawn me in and that's, that's what a good wrestler does that's when he lost the punk right CM Punk? I think so. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Is either Punk or Jericho or something like that. But point is like he, he knows how to tell a good story and make it compelling and, and, and cut a good promo and, and draw you in. And, and these are the elements of wrestling that I think are most important and that, that still exist, but in minute amounts, you know, like I, I watched all the, the shows this week in preparation for, for this, um for this podcast. And, as I was watching them all, I kind of realized because I, I was skipping through things and I, I kind of realized like back in the day, wrestling was must see. I had to watch every single moment. I had to know what was coming up. These days, a lot of it I can't stand to watch because uh, there's a lot of nothingness and not of like not building. Um, and this is more the case in WWE. Um, I feel like AEW does build good stuff generally. But at the same time, th th these two companies right now, AEW and WWE, they both have problems, but for very different reasons. <laughs> and it's kind of brilliant. Like there's there's reason to watch both. I, I, I genuinely do feel, because you said at the beginning of this, and this brings us full circle, you said you didn't think wrestling was as good as it was back in the day. And I agree with that, but I still think that there is wrestling to be savored and to be enjoyed in the modern product. But, the key is that some of it is like that. It's not like back in the day where maybe a majority of it was really worth getting invested in. Now it's like, 
I mean, with WWE, it's like you, you never know if they're just going to like randomly lose faith in someone and after three weeks, suddenly you ha- no more storyline, you know, or you never get a payoff to something or, you, you know, I don't know, they're pushing a guy and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 let's see where this goes, let's see where this goes and then it goes nowhere. And then AW, it can be the reverse. Sometimes they take too long. Like I felt like they really took too long with Hangman Page and by the time he became champion, it's not that no one cared, but it was like less people cared. There was a moment I remember during Hangman, sorry, Kenny Omega's reign, where it was definitely time to pull, to pull the plug on 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 uh, Hangman Page being champion, and they didn't do it. They waited like another four months or something, and then after those four months, it was wasn't as enjoyable. Right. You know? Well, they had, um, they had Daniel Bryan. Uh, come down the line you had uh who else fought right with? yeah there yeah was a- and i i get that i i understand that like you gotta you gotta go with that because he's the hot prospect and he is genuinely really good but i mean he didn't necessarily have to straight away enter into a program with omega you know right right that's the thing like i mean there's different ways you can do that yeah I now think- is i'm agreeing with you uh they that's why the fans didn't care when they did pull the plug with Adam, because there's... Well, two- I, I don't know that it's true that they didn't care. I think it's just they didn't care as much as they would have cared maybe six months prior. Right. Yeah, I- could, that that whole Kenny Omega reign was... Oh, it really just went on for so long. And it the whole point of a Despicable Heel was, yeah, you want them to... You want to drag it out a little bit and make people sick of the guys that eventually, when they get beat, it's it's worth, you know it means something and it's enjoyable, but they just stretched it out way too long. And I think they did it because they wanted it to be like a long reign. Like they seem to be, and I like this about AEW with their world title, where they, they try and put it on the champion for a long time. Like back in the day, the old WWF, like put it on the champion, have them have a long reign. So when they get beat, it's a big deal. I, like I, I totally agree. Yep. I agree. But, I like that a lot. Um, my- right. Here, here's a question I've got for you that uh, I've had a discussion with many. <laughs> AEW, um, what do you do? You think that their pay per views are too long? No, I don't know where that's come from. Um, to me, what is it like three and a half hours is roughly what they're going for, give or take. I mean, not every show is like that. No, I'm talking they, about AEW. They have it goes a lot longer than that. Yeah, and I think it depends as well because AEW is still establishing its pay-per-views. But from what I can see, they're kind of following the WWE idea in that they've, they're establishing, I guess, what would be their big show. So their big shows are Double or Nothing, uh, all, all Out, is it? And then maybe Revolution. But it seems more like those two are the ones that they're like, okay, these are the, the big ones. And then everything else is kind of lesser than. Not that you shouldn't not care but you know it's the same as wwe like what do you care more about wrestlemania royal rumble or i don't know survivor series like or maybe not survivor series is wrong as i maybe uh i don't know backlash you know you don't care about backlash as much you know because you kind of know what to expect and it's a shame because back in the day th- those um lesser pay-per-views still meant something and were enjoyable you know you think like backlash 03 goldberg the rock was the main event you know uh, whereas these days, it's just like, I mean, they don't even call it backlash anymore. They call it WrestleMania backlash. So it's just rematches uh, so they can change things up from WrestleMania results. 
But uh, anyway, <laughs> to, to take your point about the timing, no, I don't think it's too long. Um, if every pay-per-view is like that, I get that that can be a problem, but then it depends what you're putting on the show. You know, too long is like WrestleMania 35. That was too oh. long. That was like seven hours. And that was just, no, no pay-per-view should ever be that long ever. Like three and a half hours, four hours, an absolute maximum. That's as long as it ever should be. And four uh, hours is insane. And four but, hours itself. Yep. I agree. hundred percent. I, uh, yeah. uh, yeah, I don't know this last pay-per-view that they had, uh, which was, uh, actually uh double or nothing. I don't know. Even, no. even CM Punk, uh, uh the interview afterwards uh post match they um uh, or post show actually he even uh made a joke <laughs> about how yeah. long it went so but you know that is their major one that is their wrestlemania right so yeah i mean it's i i don't think i i don't get that as a criticism as well because again i repeat the same thing i said before wrestlemania 35 that shit was too long part of my language but that <laughs> that was ridiculous ridiculously long um having a pay-per-view that's three and a half hours maybe four hours okay if you're you if you're used to three hours two and a half hours for pay-per-view i get it but you know you can come back to it you know it's, it's not i i think it maybe it's problematic for people watching it live maybe it's too much i i get that but i, I don't as long as you don't load it up with a lot of matches for the sake of it that's more where the problem is. If the card is full of matches where you're just trying to get everyone on the card, then don't do that. You know, I, I think I like the idea that they have like pre-shows and stuff. Um, but at the same time, uh, sometimes they, they'll put stuff on there that you want to see. So that it kind of forces you to, to have to also watch the pre-show. Like for instance, they put the hook housing match on there and obviously everyone loves hook. Um, to kind of force you to like watch the pre-show and it's like, Oh, that's another half an hour or hour. I've got to watch now. And it's, I get that. It may, maybe, maybe there should be like a, a, a restriction they should put on it. But at the same time, like if, if the wrestling is all good on the show, like genuinely just a good show, then why does it matter if it's a bit longer? I mean, I, I saw a watch party recently this, I think this year it's the first time I've ever watched a watch party for a wrestling event it was brilliant um i think it, it was i think it was the 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 time when hangman won the championship actually i think it was that pay-per-view and that was a brilliant pay-per-view from top to bottom like probably one of the best if not the best AEW pay-per-view i think i've seen and you know that was a bit long that was a long one yeah so yeah. I, I don't know i don't i don't know that whole too yeah. long debate you know i mean because at least with like wwe kind of they're always going to be long because they're just obsessed with making content and it's just, it's WWE is what it is, but they at least addressed that whole, you know, they saw that WrestleMania 35 was too long and they're like, okay, what can we do about this? And in fairness, I think the whole two night deal was probably a reaction just to the pandemic. Like, okay, you know, we've got a lot, let's just split it in two. But I reckon they were probably planning that. I reckon that WrestleMania 35 was the catalyst for that. And they thought, you know what? This is too long. What can we do about this? Oh, what if we do a two-nighter? And you know what? It's, I think it's actually led to a lot of really positive moves. Like, it, it meant that you can ha now have, like, a women's main event and a men's main event on two different nights, and they're equally, you know, they're, they're equal to each other. Do you know what I mean? They're equally as important. Yeah. Um, 
and it gives you options like this this past wrestlemania was brilliant you know you had stone cold and kevin owens um main event the first night and then what was the second night couldn't remember now but um the point is you you had two very different feeling nights and and it's more bang for your buck so to speak and i've always said that i feel that wrestlemania eventually will become just like a festival i mean it's pretty much already that anyway but it's got that feel and vibe about it you know yeah the second brock Brock lesnar and the roman reigns match was that's right yeah um so uh christian uh real quick uh before we go here uh would you uh tell tell the audience a little bit about maybe about your podcast and how often you upload and where they can find it at and all that good stuff Sure. Yeah. So uh, the Christian Reeve podcast is a sort of life stories slash discussion interview style podcast. And I have people from around the world in all sorts of professions, industries, whatnot. And we don't, we just talk about all sorts of things, really, just see where the conversation goes. So very similar to this format in terms of the conversational style. And uh, you can find it everywhere. You can find it on YouTube and Spotify in video form. And you can find it on all of your favorite podcast platforms, the Christian Reeve podcast. And you can also find me online at Christian PK Reeve. Uh, If you just search me online, you can find me. Yeah. And you've got a link tree, right? With all your socials and everything. I know. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you guys, his, his, uh, once again, he, uh, he's the host of uh, the Christian uh, Reed podcast. Uh, you can find him uh, on any platform out there, uh, the free ones or the paid ones. And uh, I've listened to a couple of his, his episodes uh, before him coming on to kind of do my research, right? <laughs> and hey. and I noticed that uh, uh, he, he does a f- fantastic job. Uh, he did a fantastic job as an interviewee uh, uh, today, but uh, I've heard many episodes now of him actually interviewing other people. Does an amazing job. Check him out. Be sure to. Hey, Christian, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope you come back and be with us. Um, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. My I'd absolutely love to. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. All right. So, guys, uh, that, that will be it for today. Thank you guys so much for joining in. Uh, we will be dropping another episode on Wednesday, which is in two days. Uh, also, don't forget that uh, I'm sorry. No, we're not. We're dropping another episode on this platform on Friday. We'll be back Friday. Also, I will be in the state of Ohio, so we may have some uh, live guests with us at that time. And then uh, also, if you ever get a chance, check out the Red Pill Current News Podcast. That's my political show, and we do drop an episode there every Wednesday and Saturday. All right, guys, I'm the Kentucky Guy. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys so much.